Welcome to the Paint, Rest, Repeat podcast with Roz Gervais and Laura Day, where we chat about our creative lives as artists while keeping it real and a little bit messy. We're here to inspire creatives just like you to push past those boundaries and make art that you love. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Paint, Rest, Repeat. We have the lovely Stasha Washburn here, and she's going to be chatting with us all about our cycle and how that relates to creativity and art business and just, you know, being a fabulous woman that's going to rule the art world. Does that sound right? (laughs) I love it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So um, we, I've come across you, I've known you, I think maybe for maybe a year now, I've sort of been sort of following you on socials. And you do some amazing things. You have a book published as well. Would you like to chat to us, maybe give us like a little bit of a rundown, overarching sort of chat about the cycles and how that works? Yeah. So I kind of have a little bit of a different take on the cycle than is sort of the standard issue. So medically, they would tell you there's two phases. There's kind of like the first half of your period from your day one of your cycle to ovulation and then ovulation to your next period. Most people in the menstrual world would break it into four pieces. So menstrual phase, when you're bleeding, follicular phase, and after that, ovulation after that, luteal after that, I break it into five. And I do this for practical reasons, because frankly, those four-ish days before you get your period, which I call deep luteal in my work, is obviously different from the rest of your cycle. Like you can feel the change. You get bitchier and moodier and crankier and tireder and you crave all of the crap. And it's just, it's a, it might be subtle for some people. It might be ragingly obvious for others, but like there's a difference in our energy. And in Chinese medicine, they break down the seasons into five seasons, the elements into five elements. And I just saw how well that correlated with the menstrual cycle and the energy that most people feel or would be called like a healthy menstrual cycle, what it would feel like. So I basically break it down into menstrual phase is winter, that introverted new moon kind of reflective time, follicular Around five-ish to seven-ish days is your springtime. It's the wood element. Menstrual is the water element, which I think is fairly obvious there, but spring is the wood element and uh, it is the, you know, the growing moon. And then you've got ovulation, which is about three days long. It's very peak. It's your hormones peak, your estrogen's peaking, testosterone is peaking. Uh, Summer, right? Like height of summer, very most extroverted full moon phase. And then luteal is... After that, usually after you ovulate, you kind of have this day where you go, boy, I just don't feel as vivacious as I did yesterday. Or like, I just feel a little meh today. That's generally the day after ovulation because your testosterone ends, your estrogen comes down, and both of those are higher energy hormones, uh, more confidence-boosting hormones. So sometimes you feel a little wobbly. It's not usually too drastic or it shouldn't be too drastic. And if you know what your hormones are doing, you go, ah, I just came out of ovulation. Okay, I know what's happening now. It's often associated with late summer. So kind of like that in-between time where the days are long still, but it's hot and you're just sort of sitting on the front porch with a cup of iced tea, relaxing. And then deep luteal, as I call it, because you do feel 
deep, like you're descending into the depths. And I've always felt like that. And usually we are clawing our way, trying to get at stay from descending into it. And it's a bit like holding on to the shores when you could be floating off into the mists of magical Avalon. But that is what our world would like you to do. I love your descriptions, right? Because it does. It feels very much like if you just let go, you could just float off into the mists of Avalon and have a magical experience or you cling to your desk and try to finish that spreadsheet. Like it's just, you know, it's just that phase. But that's the one that we associate with autumn, with just that little sliver crescent of moon that's left before we hit new moon. There are strengths in each phase. I don't mean to make deep luteal sound like it's a bad thing. It really is quite a good phase. If you're listening to it, it's very clear with what needs to be changed. But yeah, so that's kind of the brief breakdown of the cycle as far as like how it feels energetically. Yeah. And so I think, you know, what I'm hearing here and, you know, why we invited you on as well is it's sort of around the self-kindness piece really and also the power of knowledge of self so you know I definitely notice sometimes I'm ready to take on the world and other times I'm like oh I just can't and I'm like I'm not that person why can't I what is what's wrong how do you like that what's wrong with me why is this week so different to last week and so that's why we invited you on because I think a lot of our audience almost all of our audience are female sorry male listeners we still love you And so good for you to know this information too. It saves marriages. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think it is really important to factor this in to the way we operate as humans, let alone artists and let alone artists who are wanting to, you know, build our profile and sell art as well. So, yeah. So thank you so much for your time and being here. This podcast episode is sponsored by Laura's new eight-week group coaching program designed specifically for new and emerging artists seeking motivation and accountability. Join us to discover your unique artistic voice, set empowering goals and gain clarity and confidence and connect with a supportive creative community. It's time to unlock your creative potential and design the life you've always dreamed of. Limited spaces available for 2024. Join the waitlist at laurajaneday.com slash waitlist. I've got zillions of questions, but I'll let you go on. Laura, do you have a, a question to you know dive into? I'd just love to know how Stasia actually just got into this. Like what caused like the fascination with the cycle? And like, because I love talking to women in business as well and finding out their backstory and like why they ended up following their calling. So that I'm super curious about that. And I've also got lots of questions as well. Without saying too much. <laughs> well, I have nothing after you guys. So I'm here all night. <laughs> I started off doing this uh, actually quite selfishly. I have endometriosis, which is kind of the short answer. It's according to the NHS, one of the top most painful conditions in the world. And fun for me, I've had other conditions on that list. And I can tell you that they were, didn't even hold a candle to the pain the endometriosis gave me for two plus decades. So um, I kind of just, you know, in your teens and your 20s, it's you push through. You know, I was on prescription narcotics, crazy chest 
birth control things. It was not good. Uh, and none of it worked or made any difference, really. So, uh, you know, you just sort of pushed through and did it. And then in my 30s, I just sort of had this like, I can't, this, I'm tired. You know, a chronic pain condition equals chronic fatigue. You just can't have pain all the time without being tired too. So not to like dive into the big ugly story. I did soul bear in the revolution will be bloody if you if you really want to know the ugliness of endometriosis and living with it. But yeah, it's really crappy. So I kind of got to this point where like I was running a restaurant in Los Angeles. I was teaching ballet bar and yoga and Pilates because I was a dancer for 20 years. So I was, you know, bartending, I was working constantly in all very physically demanding jobs. Like you're hauling kegs, bartending, you're, you know, yoga teaching, like all very physically demanding jobs. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I am tired. I am broken. I am done. So I was from New York City and I knew of the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. It was the first year that they went online. So I was like, oh, I can do this with my weird schedule that I have. So I got my health coaching certification and I want to say it was like 10 years ago, 2012 was when I graduated. Yeah. So, wow, look at that. So I did that and I thought like very selfishly, like I will be a coach for athletes. I will help them. And then I will take the week, couple of days before my period and first couple of days of my period when my pain is at its peak off and I will just rest. Like I just won't see clients or I'll do work from bed, but like I just won't have to go do a physically demanding job anymore. So very selfishly, I was like, I just can't live like this anymore. I need a way to do this where I can take a week off every month or at least work from bed every month. So doing the health coaching certification was great because I learned a lot of dietary things that helped reduce the endometriosis pain. And then of course I started my own business. And because all of the business coaching advice uh, back in the day was to just work 24 seven for a couple of years. And then you could take a day off. And I was like, okay, I can do that. I worked like 90 hours a week as it is. Like, done, let's do it. So that was my plan. And and all of the dietary stuff I had changed stopped working. So while I was still gluten-free and sugar-free and dairy-free and preservative-free and like eating whole foods, I ran a restaurant. So it's not like it was hard for me to cook or anything. So I was happy to do it. But like now I was back with pain, even though I was eating like nothing fun at all ever under any circumstances. And I thought, well, then what's different? Like, what's the change here? And it was because I was just working like a crazy person trying to build a business. And that's when I went, well, I guess I need to work with my period instead of just working all the time. Like, I'm just going to have to start taking care of myself out of the gate. So that's really what made that shift. I had a year of clients who were athletes, They were all women, all had period problems. I fixed all of their period problems because as it turns out, period problems in general are fairly easy to fix. Endometriosis is not a standard. It's more of an autoimmune issue. It's not understood well. It could be an endocannabinoid system disorder. So it's a bit different and it it does respond to hormonal balance treatments like we do with normal clients, but it's not the end all be all for an endo client. So it just turned out that like fixing everyone else was super freaking easy. So I was like, well, let me just do that. Like, let me just help other people. Like, if I can't quite fix myself, at least I can help other people. So that's really where I went. Like, and that was the day I became the period coach. A friend was sitting at my kitchen table and said, Well, you don't like the period taboo. So why don't you just call yourself the period coach and just like 
put just start breaking the taboo right then and there. And I was like, the periodcoach.com available, bought, done. It took five minutes or less. And then that was the launch of the period coach and the rest is history. Oh, that's amazing. I was listening and I was hearing also some parallels with Laura's journey. So I don't know, Stasha, if you know a whole lot about Laura's background, but Laura's got a chronic health condition as well. So, you know, some of those you know, suggestions around firstly, you know, not being part of the main workforce in order to be able to carve out a lifestyle that actually works for you. And then all the health, like the dietary stuff. I was thinking about you, Laura. Yeah. It's a very similar parallel. I have lupus, so autoimmune mystery <laughs> going around in circles, just trying to find the answers. And yeah, just everything. I think what I do now in my business is me first. And, and I heard you say that you wanted to find the solution. You wanted to work with your cycle. You decided that I'm going to start to work with how I work best. And then everything else is around that. So super intrigued on how you made that start. And maybe, obviously, people are listening to this for some inspiration, guidance, support, motivation. And I guess they would like to learn more. Like self-knowledge is really important. And being in business is the biggest self-development tool ever. You learn so much about yourself and you're faced with so many of your shadows, but then also like many challenges to overcome as well. So I guess just with starting with working with your cycle and us as women, like what would be like the first thing to broach? Like I'm thinking it's your bleed and that self-compassion piece and like really, you know, taking that time out and really honoring your body in that time instead of pushing through and working but I'm going to pass it over to the expert and yeah, love to know what your suggestion would be for people that are just starting out with this process. You've got a good instinct. I would say starting with luteal though. If you start giving yourself a break in luteal, you set yourself up for a much better period. So when you're in ovulation, right, your estrogen is peaking, your testosterone is peaking, you come out of ovulation, those two both go down, but then progesterone and estrogen rise again, or progesterone rises for the first time in your cycle, and then estrogen rises again. It doesn't hit the same level in an ideal cycle as ovulation. It's a slightly lower bump, but it is still quite a large gain. Usually what happens that causes PMS symptoms, which there's over 200, but we're familiar with, you know, the sore boobs, the bloating, the cravings, the headaches, cramping, fatigue, mood swings, all those big ones, digestive issues as well, which a lot of people don't realize is part of that process. It's a, another hormone that's working in tandem with the menstrual cycle, blood sugar levels as well, because estrogen impacts your insulin resistance. So a lot of the cravings are coming from that correlation. And what generally happens is that we have too much estrogen or not enough progesterone or both at the same time. And when you can spend your luteal phase taking care of yourself, eating lots of healthy fibers, healthy fats, staying hydrated and listening, right? Like usually in luteal, we kind of curve into, boy, that music was fine yesterday, but hey, it's just, it's irritating and giving me a headache. Uh, you know what? I need to dim the lights. Like all the lights are just too much for me today. 
And that's always one of the first signs of moving into that deeper luteal phase. It's things start to feel like they're assaulting you when before it was like happy, you know, you're jamming out to your favorite concert, you know, like I'm a Pearl Jam fan club member since the nineties, no shame. And I rock out the Pearl Jam concerts when I'm working like three hour long concerts, headphones, noise canceling can work without interruption. No problem. But I reach a point in my cycle where I go, Ooh, that's, a little much, Eddie. I need something a little bit more chill. Sorry, I got to move over to like Dave now <laughs> or something and like slide into a bit more mellow music. And so it's like those little subtle signs that we don't connect to our cycles that help you know that you're shifting. So when you start paying attention to those things and you start just doing those little easy things of making those shifts, you actually set yourself up better because your cortisol is not as enraged and inflamed, which means you'll make more progesterone because your body will steal from your progesterone supply to make more cortisol if you're stressed, uh, good or bad stress, doesn't matter. So you need that progesterone because progesterone is kind of the hormone that makes you feel chill. Like at least in the States, I equate it to smoking a joint. Like it's just chill, relaxed, maybe have some munchies, but like you're just a much more relaxed, calm human being. And that's what we're missing a lot of the time. It's also an anti-inflammatory hormone, which makes you feel less inflamed and less bloated and less stressed and all the aches and pains and cramps. So, and the estrogen too high exasperates all of that stuff. It makes it worse. So that's why I feel like if you do nothing else, but just start paying attention after ovulation. So you need to chart your ovulation. You need to know when you ovulate. You need to be able to confirm it. That means a basal body temperature thing. But like, if you can confirm your ovulation, then you know when you're moving into luteal and you can feel that change and you can start adapting and making it work for you. And that will set yourself up for a much better deep luteal PMS less phase uh, and a better cycle. So less cramping, less all of the bad things that can happen with your menstrual phase itself. So like, if you want to make the biggest impact, luteal phase is where you start. But it doesn't mean that you don't work. And this is where I think the menstrual phase is actually the best phase for your business. And hear me out. Your menstrual phase, all of your hormones are, are at net zero, essentially. I mean, they're not zero, but they're like at their baseline levels. So when you're in your menstrual phase, it is baseline, right? So like every dude who's like, oh man, are you on the rag? It's like, well, this is actually when my hormones are most like yours. So this is you 24-7. Isn't it lovely? Because <sighs> So it's like this chill baseline of hormones. And there is some theorizing out there that the two hemispheres of the brain may have a little bit better communication. No studies have proven it, but it's a theory floating out there in the medical menstrual world. But I find it's it's a visionary time, right? Like it is if you give yourself some space and you don't schedule. And this is something that you can take a page out of like the top CEOs because they always are talking about having empty time in the calendar to just brainstorm and be creative and allow things to happen. And this is the menstrual phase for us. If you can give yourself some time and some space to doodle, to sketch, to you know mind map, to brainstorm, to just tap into your why. Why are you doing this? Why are you building this business? Why are you doing this art? Why are you creating these things? Why why are you doing it? What is in it for you? You know, why am I doing this? For me, like 
it makes me feel better. It makes me feel more connected. It makes me feel like, you know, whatever. I need to get it out of my brain and onto paper, whatever it is. But it keeps you much more focused on what actually needs to be done for your business. So when you get to follicular, the next phase, we often start in then into ovulation going, oh yeah, I should do that. And that's a great idea. And that suggestion just came in and we should do it. And yeah, let's add that and let's do that. And yes, I'm going to do that too. And we're saying yes to all these things that may actually have no impact at all on our business. Or like I was just, I was just writing in the business book, or you end up breaking your launch. Like you go in and you go, oh, you know what? It would be a great idea to have so-and-so on live mid-launch. And then you go into your email sequence to pop it in, but then you break your whole sequence because you're not supposed to screw with those things once they go live. Like, you know, just different things. So then you end up breaking your launch. Then you have to go fix the tech and now you've made a mess. So it's just like, we have a tendency to chase after the shiny thing. And we do know that people make big money purchases and ovulation more impulsively. So it's a time where we tend to just chase shiny objects. But the reality of the situation is if you come back in menstrual and you just tap into your why and you spend that time with yourself and your creativity and your brain and just in your womb and just sort of stare at the clouds, like my homework assignment is to stare at the clouds. You're The stuff that you come up with is genius. The vision that you see is is clear and you can go, okay, in follicular, this is what I'm pursuing. And I'm not going to get as dragged off the path. So you end up making many less mistakes. You move forward much more quicker and much more clarity. So I think menstrual is really the most important time in your business, but it's not like the hustle culture bros see, you know, productivity in business. So just to clarify, luteal is after your ovulation. So we're suggesting to everyone that wants to work with this, download a period tracker app, pay attention to when you're ovulating. It's around, is it like 12 to 14-ish? I usually ovulate somewhere around day 10, 11. Have from, from, you know, I've been charting for years and years. Also, I have a free mandala that tracks your period, but it also tracks the moon phase, energy, food, food like the whole nine yards. You can really see how everything goes. And it's like two minutes a night. So you just color. I'll put that in the links. I saw that on your website. I thought that was really cool. Lots of artists would probably like to fill that in. So we'll put that in the notes so people can check on that. And then so so in the luteal where it's sort of that lead up to your bleed and so potentially mood swings, And that's the time that you want to take care of yourself and really listen. It's going within. It's not shopping online and buying art supplies. And like, yeah, the luteal phase is when we tend to impulse buy, but not like big money purchases. It's more like art supplies for me. It's cross stitching supplies and patterns. I have more patterns than I'll probably ever be able to finish. It is the time that we tend to impulse buy, you know, 20 throw pillows. Or, you know, like a new set of cutlery or whatever. It often is nesting, creativity, hobby. Yeah, that nesting. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. So we sort of want to tune in, go within, but you were also saying the menstrual phase, the bleeding phase, is actually a really great time to brainstorm, gain clarity in your business, and really like spend that time like, really visioning, big picture, touching in with yourself. You want to like um, connect to your intuition, 
we'd probably, we love journaling here. So probably a time to like get in your journal. Why am I doing this? Why am I not doing that? Why would this work? Why wouldn't this work? Why do I need this? Why should you do this? Yes. Why questions like stream of consciousness? Yeah. Awesome. And then, so follicular is after you bleed. So after you finish bleeding, that's when you want to take that clarity, take those ideas and action them. Is that right? Yeah. It's your strategy phase. So it's the how phase. So journaling questions, how am I going to do this? How could it be easier? How could it be more fun? How could it be better? You know, like I always love how can it be easier and how can it be more fun? Those are my two favorite questions for follicular. But of course, how will it work? How will the clients access it? How will people see it? How will people watch it? You know, whatever it is. But it's a strategy time. So it's a really great time to go, okay, this is where I want to go. How am I going to get there step by step? And then how can I make it even easier? (laughs) Right? So how am I going to get there? And then it is a much more logic time. So it's a really good time to like, okay, I'll go build the funnel and make sure that the form is connected to the landing page. It's connected to the thank you page, sparks the welcome email, you know, like doing kind of that backend tech work. But also later follicular. So as you're moving into that follicular phase and ovulation, estrogen is highest and estrogen and verbal skills are connected. So record stuff, batch your podcast, do your sales page video, um, do interviews, do you know whatever you can uh, during ovulation. When I do this, like little funsy webinars that I just, you know, I'm like, I just want to go chat about this topic. I'm going to make it a webinar. And it's kind of a stress-free, relaxed webinar. I will wait until I ovulate the previous month and then I'll just set the date for the next, for that webinar the next month. So I'll build a landing page and everything, but I'll just set that actual date once I know where I will be in the next month in my cycle. So it could be, you know, like after the last bleed or the next ovulation, depending on like scheduling, but then I'll just pop in that date and put in a nice quickie webinar that's just around ovulation. So, okay. So relating it to artists, like maybe if someone's doing workshops once a month, or if they're public speaking or like sort of out in the public, like that sort of thing. Networking. Maybe networking. Oh, for sure. When you're doing art stuff, like, you know, you can talk about this in your sleep. You can do a, you can teach a class or those kinds of things in any phase, anytime, because you know your stuff so well, right? But when you're trying to make sales or when you're trying to network and build relationships, it is such a good time. So it's like, oh, if there's a gallery event, just put on the shoes and go like, just, you could just show up and it will be a a magical night, right? In that phase. So it's definitely good to like go out and do that sales stuff and that networking connection time in that later follicular ovulation phase. I do have some clients and students in the school that find that early luteal is actually kind of their best time because ovulation can be a little high for them. Like they can feel a little, it also increases ADHD symptoms. So if you have ADHD, those higher hormonal levels can increase ADHD symptoms. So some people find that early luteal phase is a better balance. So they're a little bit calmer and a little less flighty and like all over the place. So it's one of those things that like in the school, I always tell my students, like you need to figure out which phase suits you the best, which means go out and do it. Like, see what happens. 
And then whichever one feels best, then make that plan so that you can use that knowledge to your advantage for yourself. So interesting. I love all of this. And I'll say that progesterone and visual awareness, like your spatial skills are correlated. So that luteal phase can be really good for visual creativity, sales pages, graphics, art, you know? Yes. Because there's so many different aspects for creative people running their own business. You've got the creative time actually doing the work, but then there's seeking inspiration and then there's, yeah, the networking and then there's, you know, putting your work out and like launching a collection and all those sorts of things. So launching a collection, I'd say that is in ovulation or just before, would it be? Yeah. I mean, if you have the control over that, absolutely. I find that sometimes those kinds of events are, they just are when they are, right? So there's like, there's a reason that the new book has a chapter in it, how to show up in in every phase. Because I like, I've had, I had to coach live from stage with endometriosis on the day before my period, first day of my period and second day of my period with 500 people in the audience. And it was just like, okay, well, this is what it is. Like, I didn't have a choice. This is where the date fell and this is what happened. So how do you still show up and deliver in those sets of circumstances? So I will tell you one of the secrets of that is being very good to yourself for the previous cycles. So it is like spending the three months before that being hyper kind to yourself and your body and your needs. And that might mean pushing your planning out and starting earlier, right? So like we start working on summits sometimes a year before we do them. Just so that like me and the team can not have to push through a period if we don't need to, or, you know, not have to do stuff when we just are tired and done with life. So so we start working on things quite early so that we don't have those times where it's... And then, you know, if the summit is live and I, you know, last year period coaching school, the webinar, like the main sales webinar was like day two of my cycle or day one of my cycle. It was just like, of course, of course. But it's how it is. Like you have to plan dates farther out in advance and you just have to guesstimate and go with the best option at the time. And then, you know, things happen and you have a crazy weird short cycle or a crazy long cycle and everything gets thrown off. And it's like, okay, well, this is where it ended up. So it's not like that won't happen, but you can prepare for it properly. And if you know your cycle, you know what you need, you know how to take care of yourself and you know how, you know, you're running your business with flow, then it's actually quite easy to just go, okay, big deal. Like I spent the day in the bathtub, took a long nap, relaxed, ate a ton of nourishing food and showed up for that webinar. And I was like, it's day one. I am just going to just channel this whole webinar and get out of my own way and just for the hour. And it was fantastic. When you said eat a tub of nourishing food, I thought you were going to say ice cream because that's more my style. Like, <laughs> yeah, Nothing against ice cream. I got a couple of cups in the freezer right now. <laughs> Probably not the best when you're trying to look after yourself. Hey, you know, at that point, you just need to make it through the rest of the day. <laughs> oh, that's so tricky. I'm just, yeah, I'm really impressed with how you make it work and how you've, you know, grown what you've grown whilst being respectful of your body. Just amazing. So 
Tell me more about your book because I haven't read it yet, but I have, you know, I've heard about it. I've seen it around. I love the title. The Revolution Will Be Bloody. The Revolution Will Be Bloody. Like how fantastic is that? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's definitely a theme. Uh, I wrote it to kind of fill a gap in the book world, right? Like there are actually quite a lot of books out there about cycles these days. Uh, To be fair, that was like five years ago now. But at the time, and even now, most of the books are very much either medical oriented. So, you know, they might be holistic practices, but they're like, okay, if you have PCOS, this is what's happening. And this is how you fix it. And you, if you have you know, short cycles, this is what's happening. And this is what you eat to fix that. And, you know, they're, they're usually pretty like, this is the problem. Here's the solution is in them, or they're very woo woo. And they're very much like, you know, this is the metaphysical energies and, you know, dancing under the full moon. And, and there's, you know, something for everybody, but there was no like in between. There was nobody, there's not a lot of like practical everyday living with your cycle. That's not so woo that, you know, reasonable or I guess rational more minds would, you know, see it, but it's also not so just like cut and dry that there's no real heart and soul either. So it was really like trying to bridge that gap and bring that balance in. So it's three sections and one is how we got so separated from our cycles in the first place. Cause this is not how we were. I mean, everyone knew every, you know, like we cycled together. We had red tents and mood lodges and huts and all sorts of things that we gathered as community and supported each other as community, uh, which is why our stress response system is different from a typical cisgendered male's you know, stress response. So, you know, this is not, we knew what herbs worked. We knew what a normal period was. We knew what, you know, what problems happened in fertility and all that stuff. So first section is just how we ended up so separated and the downsides to that process. Uh, And then the middle section is my sensual system. So it's each phase of the cycle and it's six senses, touch, sight, sound, taste, spirit. So we go through the six senses and what every phase is, what the hormones are doing in that phase, what they're supposed to be doing, what it should look like and feel like and, and what it should be versus what it often is. And then how to live in flow with that, you know? Pay attention to sight for a month and just see what changes in your visual, you know, when your eyes feel tired earlier and luteal and you're staying up later and doing later work and follicular or whatever. But it's just each of those senses because each of those senses also feedbacks to your hormonal balance. So if you're not paying attention, you're irritating your body, which is spiking your uh, inflammatory hormones, your stress hormones, and now we're stealing from our healthy reproductive hormones, right? And we're sending ourselves down into a worse PMS and cycle. So it's definitely like very, very just practical, whether you live out in the woods and you can dance under the moon or you live in the major city and you barely see the stars because there's so much light. You know, there's it works for everybody no matter where you are. And then the last part is how to take it out into the world, you know, how to be an advocate, how to talk to your community, how to the reusable menstrual products, uh, just the bigger picture of the of menstrual cycles and our impacts on the world and how we can improve the world for ourselves and others by just being an advocate in your own family, frankly, right? Like raising a teen son who knows and understands menstrual cycles, who I now have friends who've done this and they're educating their girlfriends 
you know, and they're telling their girlfriends about these things and going, Oh no, that's not good. You shouldn't feel like that. That's not a healthy cycle. Like being actual supportive partners for their, you know, for their girlfriends. So it's definitely something that, you know, even on just like your household level can make an impact you would never have even dreamed of. So that's sort of why I wrote the book and what it went through. And it was a Kickstarter funded book as well. So it's a, it's a self-published goodie out there in the world. Well, it published by the world, the, the people, the supporters really uh, brought forth. <laughs> <laughs> the people made it happen. I love it. You really like that idea, Laura, the whole Kickstarter concept, you know, just like taking control of the reins and making it happen. Yeah, that's what I, we were sort of talking a, briefly before. And Darcy, you were sharing that both of your books were Kickstarters. One is not out in the world just yet. It's on its way. And that's more of a business focused one. So I'm sure lots of our listeners will be interested in, in that. But I just love how you just didn't wait to get approval from a publishing company. And you're like, this information needs to be out there. I feel this calling. I want to put this work out into the world. So you created two Kickstarter campaigns for both of your books and that enabled you to put your work out there. Yeah, I just love how you did that. It's amazing. Did you do the Kickstarter for the second book as well? Yeah, I've done three Kickstarters. So The Revolution Will Be Bloody was the first Kickstarter. The Period Oracle Card Deck is the second Kickstarter. And then the third one was this year for Bloody Brilliant Business, which I'm in the process of writing right now. So I am sure that the content of your books is fantastic, but I also just want to buy them for the titles. Is that weird? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Please do. (laughs) I'm going to do that after this. I think that's fantastic. Amazing. So can you tell us also more about the card deck? Like, is that something that our audience would get some benefit out of? Absolutely. It's designed to match with the sensual system. So it's all five phases of the cycle, plus some bonus cards like nap and chocolate. Ice cream. I'll scratch the chocolate out and write ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. I love it. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's the, there's like a goddess card for each phase, like menstrual is winter. And so we have a very, you know, like wintry phase card, but there's kind of an embodiment of it. There's the elements, right? So there's water and winter. There's the moon phase of it. And then there's all of, there's the businessy one. What, why, how do? So those questions, what, why, how do? And then, yeah, you touch movement, like each phase, taste, smell. So a lot of people use it as kind of a guide. Like you can lay the whole deck out as a wheel and you can see the whole menstrual cycle in all of its glory and the different phases and the colors and the energies and the moons and everything. Or you can use it like an Oracle deck and just shuffle it and go, you know, it doesn't really matter what phase necessarily land on. But like if I draw the smell card, Today, I'll just be tuning into my sense of smell and that'll just be what I do today. Or um, I've also, I do card reading sometimes on social media when I have lack of better idea for a reel. I'll be like, pull a card. And so I'll just pull a card from it and do like a fun little like period reading on uh, on Instagram or something just for funsies. Talking about your Instagram, I've just remembered because I'm just, when I look over here, I'm looking at my other computer and I can see your Instagram account. And I'm just remembering a hilarious one you did quite recently and you had your red wig on and you were pretending to be the luteal phase. Like she's, <laughs> Sasha, like, 
steps into character. <laughs> it's, it's very entertaining. Make me laugh so hard. And just, you know, FYI, there's follow-up videos coming. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolute gold. And I feel like there should be a TV show just saying that's coming next. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Done. On that, did you want to let people know where they can find you, your website and Instagram handle and all those sorts of things? We will put it in the notes, but it's good to let the listeners know. Book and stuff are on theperiodcoach.com. So they live there. The school lives at periodcoachingschool.com. So that's got everything that's more business related. Usually the blog over there is a bit more businessy, whereas the period coach is a little bit more just like menstrual cycle health awareness sort of things. And then the Instagram handle is Sasha Washburn, as is Facebook. TikTok is Sasha.theperiodcoach. Where do you like hanging out more? Instagram is where I, I do my daily post for the most part and stories and stuff. That's It's just so easy to pop a story up. Like I've been fermenting sauerkraut and every now and then I just do a story where I like pop the lid and I, it just bubbles. And it's just fun. Yeah. We both are Instagram fans, aren't we? I don't know why. It's so funny. The platform's just, I don't know, felt more intuitive, I think, than other platforms perhaps. I mean, I started my Instagram account with my restaurant. So my original handle was clean dinners because it was the perfect place to post food pictures. You know, it's like Instagram had just come out. It was everybody posting their food all the time. And I was like, well, that's appropriate for a restaurant. So I went to Instagram for that. And then when I switched over into the uh, coaching, I just switched it up. So it wasn't clean dinners anymore. I changed the handle to my name because I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. So (laughs) it doesn't matter. It can go away. So I just switched the handle over, but and then I kept posting. So it was like, you know, instead of food of like, hey, we're making this at clean dinners tonight. It was like, hey, I'm making this because I'm in follicular and it's a great food for follicular. (laughs) And I still do that. It connects really nicely. Hey, I was just sort of clicking over to our reviews, which we haven't read out in forever, Laura, our Apple podcast reviews. I'm going to read one really quickly. You ready, Stasha? Do you want to listen? Yep. Stasha, sorry. Uh, 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 Stasha. Okay, this one says, this is from Claire Loves Art, and I haven't actually read this, so I hope it's nice. Delightful and boring. No, just joking. No. <laughs> <laughs> so delightful and empowering, five stars. Was left feeling so inspired after listening to this. Thank you for so generously sharing your intel, ideas, and insights in such an engaging way. I found it very empowering and motivating. There you go. Amazing. That's really nice. Very sweet. Oh, just making a little love yeah. sign. <laughs> for those on audio. <laughs> That's it. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Stasha. Um, beautiful listeners, if you enjoyed today's episode, please hop on over to leave us a review. You can leave us a five-star rating over on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. You can actually leave us a written review and include your Instagram handle if you have one. And we can give you a shout out and hopefully a few more followers as well. And definitely go and give Sasha a follow on her socials too. She's fabulous. I'm going to go download her, um, your, what is it called? The, the mandala thing. Hmm? Yep. The mandala. That's my first stop. That's it. We're in. <laughs> All right. Bye everyone. Bye. <laughs> See ya.